Welcome to the Ackerman Center podcast. As a digital extension of the Ackerman Center, our goal is to teach the past so we can change the future. In doing so, we address issues related to Holocaust, genocide, and human rights studies from diverse perspective. Good afternoon. We're here today with uh, Dr. Bolza, who has of late been really busy and been called upon to comment on an exceptionally new Bollywood movie, a movie that is both acclaimed as being the first Bollywood movie that tackles the Holocaust and also having been severely criticized for the way it has been um, going about. It is certainly going to be a very interesting conversation. We're really, really excited to have a known expert on the subject here. Dr. Boza, you want to just say a few words about yourself? Hello, Dr. Omer. Thank you for having me here. And it's extremely an honor for me to be commenting about this movie that's claimed to be a first of its kind that tackles or has Holocaust as a backdrop. And having done my research and specialization in Holocaust studies, so it gives me a great pleasure to be commenting upon this movie today. Thank you. So now we're really thrilled because obviously you will help us through this, but maybe let's first of all start focusing a little bit on the potential criticism of the movie. And then maybe you've been quoted in the Haaretz and the other papers that you find also quite a few redeeming features in this movie. And so we'll you know, be really interested in hearing that as well. But maybe just to start with, just to start slowly, what's the movie about? Okay. The movie is about a couple Uh, who have a troubled or a strained marriage or they're undergoing through friction in their marriage. And then this main lead of the movie, he's a history teacher in a school. And then he gets married to a very strong, independent lady, but who has a problem of seizures. And this hero called Ajay and his wife is Nisha. So Ajay is very conscious about his image that he has created around the city. And it's a fake image. And um, he boasts about, you know, running here and there and boasting about himself. But so he's created this kind of a bubble of fake image around him and he just lives in it. And then uh, what happens is that a student asks him a question in the uh, classroom about a gas chamber, that why were people stripped of their clothes in the gas chamber? And uh, as a result, I mean, he, he doesn't answer the question and he says, oh, this will not come in the examination. So why are you even asking? And then the student very calmly says that, oh, uh, please say that you don't want to answer, you don't know the answer, instead of, you know, beating about the bush. And that, you know, incites so much anger in him that he slaps the student. And unfortunately for him, that student turns out to be the student of a politician. Then, you know, he's kind of suspended from his duties and the entire chapter of World War II remains to be taught. So he derives this plan that, okay, you know, his image should be maintained because at the end, because he has this tagline throughout the movie, which says that uh, your image should remain because people always, you know, remember your image rather than the result. So in order to, you know, maintain his image, so he says, let me just teach the World War II chapter from the live locations. That uh, develops the story and, you know, that has... Then the Holocaust comes in the backdrop. You have the Normandy beach, you have Paris, Germany, Poland, Amsterdam, you know, and Frankhaus. And then the entire story goes through that phase, you know, along with his wife. And so in the end, he redeems his image as well as his character in the movie and his job as well. So that's what the movie is. 
So in many ways, it ends with a happy ending of sorts, which, however, as a viewer, one is like not maybe always entirely convinced, but I guess that's at least the plot line. Thank you for summarizing this. So um, it's a slightly longer movie, and you've just given all of us the kind of shortcut to all of this. But if we just start on why this movie has been quite critically re uh, reviewed, I think there's quite a bit of, of a sense that the movie trivializes the Holocaust. I mean, there are a couple of lines in particular that on and off have been you know, singled out. I'll just give you a few of them. There's this kind of conversation between the couple where the line is, we're all a little bit like Hitler, aren't we? We are not happy with what we have and we want what others have and therefore we're kind of all a little bit the same. Another line is every relationship goes through their Auschwitz and there are a couple more like that which attracted quite a bit of attention, critical attention. And then far more probably the gas chamber scene in, in Auschwitz itself, which from a perspective of traditional Holocaust movies has always been off limits. Here we have it kind of all put into the middle of the movie. At best, it's you know seen sometimes as being a bit flippant, you know, over the top, as being unsensitive. But all along, it serves actually to introduce some of the major subjects of the Second World War and of the Holocaust. And you just already alerted our listeners to the couple moving through Paris and Normandy, Amsterdam, Berlin, as well as Auschwitz. It does work. It does introduce viewers to these various sites. And there are some really powerful scenes in and off. One of the you know really moving ones is probably on the beaches of Normandy, where you can see the kind of transformative impact. So, but anyway, this is a little bit the criticism. One other aspect I think you can just comment on it. There seems to be like an issue about his self identity as a man, and there's this imagined or fantasized masculinity that is also another part of this storyline. What do you think about that? You put it very correctly, Dr. Romer. Because what I see in the movie is he's struggling with an internal war about himself. And so on the face of it, we can, we can say that it's a movie about a journey from apathy to empathy. And that's what the director of the movie also said. That uh, because it's claimed to be the first movie that revolves around the backdrop of Holocaust. And he says that we've become too much indifferent in our lives today. And so we needed a plot. So it's most important to have empathy in today's world. And this lack of empathy is also one of the factors responsible for the lack of Holocaust education in India. And so he points this out and says, there have been many Bollywood movies about the partition of India, but none about World War II. And the Holocaust forms a very, very important chunk of World War II. You cannot teach a World War II history without referring to the Holocaust. And so he says, this is what, you know, empathy is that emotion that makes us human, that makes us alive. So to be able to feel the pain of strangers is what empathy is all about. So, yes, it's a journey from empathy to empathy. And uh, despite the criticism, I would say the movie is not a Holocaust film, but it's a typical, you know, it has elements of typical Bollywood movie because it has those songs, you know, you instantly, you can distance yourself during that phase. And then I can see it as a prelude to the Holocaust or 
we can say that it's an infant step towards Holocaust because I'm sure you know people are much more aware about what Holocaust was after seeing the movie than they were before that. Very interesting. We're probably going to widen this for in a moment because I think in order really to understand or appreciate the movie, we need to understand a little bit about India today and, and Holocaust education or rather the lack thereof. The one thing though that I still would want to like interject is uh, what you just described so well as a journey. I was left with the feeling that is his journey, not their journey. He is the one who has to travel quite a longer distance than his respective wife. And she is actually the one who is far more adept and, and willing to learn early on in Paris and, and is very well versed in the stories about the Eiffel Tower. So it's lack of empathy as it comes across in this movie that seems to be so essential to the movie, but also to the issue of Holocaust education. It's a very gendered one. Would you agree? Sure. Yes, definitely. Because what I feel is that he's he's very busy fighting on an inner war. And what the director has portrayed is how he has juxtaposed his inner fighting and inner war along with the Holocaust. And that's why the comment from his wife that we all are like Hitler. Because then she uses Hitler as a metaphor for greed and indirectly pointing to him that you have everything but still you want something else. And what that something else is, he himself doesn't know. No, very interesting. So the idea of us traveling and being elsewhere and thereby being able to undergo a, a change or transform ourselves, learn, is a very traditional idea, traveling abroad and becoming ourselves of sorts. What I find interesting, though, is what do they eat? They were perfectly all right with drinking wine. It's at that moment, their suitcases get exchanged with another of the fellows. And then they accidentally, they find the most sought after dish in India. That's Rajma Chawal. And then she heats up uh, in the sink, you know, with the water. And uh, she makes him eat that. Uh, so he's, he's quite impressed with her, these skills. That's also a turning point in the movie. Because their marriage is redeemed as he redeems himself. And so he finds himself like getting along very well with his wife because of his... He says that, okay, because of your seizures, I'm embarrassed. And so again, caring about his own self-fake image. So he says, I'm not going to take you anywhere. So you just be confined to the in, in the house. And then regarding the tone of the movie, I would call it an edutainment. It educates as well as entertains. Because for entertainment, you have his character as Ajay, and he's a very layered character, I would say that. But just for the sake of talking about food, which I always enjoy, you know, it did strike me, though, that there was a sense that his transformation, his kind of greater awareness, empathy, the kind of coming together of this strange couple, and him, quote unquote, being more Indian in, in terms of what he eats, all comes together. So the idea is here that one has to embrace one's own culture also along while at it. This is not about being Parisian or being dazzled by the Dutch or something like that. This is very much also a, a journey toward one's own Indian identity. Yes. So apart from being rooted to your culture, you have to embrace other cultures as well. I think that's the overall message of the movie, that apart from the partition of India, we need to be aware of other genocides and Holocaust being the most unique case of genocide. Good. Then let's provide your like the 
perfect person to talk to a little bit more context here. I think I said a reference earlier already on the Haaretz article where I think you said that the state of Holocaust awareness in India is abysmal. This is your quote. And I think we need to talk a little bit about that because otherwise we don't really kind of have the proper way of thinking about that movie. Can you just give us a little bit on what that means that this state of Holocaust awareness in India is abysmal? So in India, we have this NCERT, that is the book that's referred to by almost all the Indian schools. And it has a chapter, the kids are introduced, the school kids, they are introduced to Holocaust in the ninth grade, not exactly to the Holocaust, but to Nazism and Europe. They have an entire chapter on it. And unfortunately, the word Holocaust comes in just thrice. And it's referred to as the mass killing of people, not the Jews. And as a Holocaust scholar, I also found this entire problem with the movie. Because whenever they refer to the Holocaust, never once did they refer to the word Jew. Or in Hindi or Urdu, it's called Yehudi. So they never referred to that. But in general, they provided a sense of the Holocaust without actually referring to the people that the atrocities were met to. And then you have this NCERT textbook. And so Hitler is presented as a very you know, positive image uh, kind of figure who was like the savior of German nation, etc. And then exactly it also, this forms a vicious circle because Hitler's popularity in India is on an increase because of various reasons about, you know, he, he's looked up as a very, very good orator. And if people have to disagree here or if they have difference of opinion, they'll always, you know, you have a politician dressing up as Hitler just to be heard. And plus his Mein Kampf has been translated into like... Um, India has 22 official languages and it's translated into more than 18, which is a huge figure and the most popular one being Hindi, the national language of India. So all these reasons, because of all these reasons, Holocaust education is not taught in the universities. And we need to remember that I being an English educator, these are the students uh, who have read these NCRT books that come to the universities. And then it becomes very difficult to deconstruct that image of Hitler they have in their mind. Because when I teach uh, Shakespearean drama and Merchant of Venice, they, are, they do not take it as I take that. Because you have a line, you know, when, when Shylock says, we are Jews, uh, if you spit at us, do we not get hurt? And if you prick us, do we not bleed? So that's, a, you know, potentially very heavily loaded for me, but it's not for my students. So you need to construct that sensitivity about the Holocaust. So that's what I meant by my quote. And uh, yes, I see this movie as a, Again, I would say an infant and a positive step towards Holocaust awareness. Of course, it's historically there, it's inaccurate at many places. For instance, when the survivor says we, every relationship goes through its own Auschwitz. So because I had to pause the movie and go out, take a breather. But then I realized uh, what it is, uh, what it might be for a layman who doesn't have any knowledge about the Holocaust. So Auschwitz is used as a metaphor for troubled man. Which is one of the reasons why one may be troubled or not about the movie. But, you know, on the, on the positive side, I guess one would also have to say, because it is a Bollywood movie, it has a certain success, right? It's watched quite widely in India. Can you speak a little bit to that? Uh, yes, uh, Dr. Omar, you're very correct in that. And uh, the director is a very well-renowned director. And he likes to take up very different issues in all of his movies. Because in his previous movie, there is a girl who uh, goes to get an Olympic medal in wrestling. Now this was his movie. And then, you know, you have this director who is directing very, very profound, who shows very profound things uh, in a light-hearted manner. But then you also have to have elements uh, of Bollywood to make it a success. 
for instance, the happy ending, the romantic songs. Some of the critics even categorize this movie as a rom-com, romantic comedy, instead of Holocaust. So that's why, you know, I would term it as education plus entertainment. And overall, it's being described by other critics as a tragic love story. In the end, Bollywood movies have to have happy endings. Well, I mean, you know, the movie's clearly produced in order to contribute to something that right now is, you know, India itself is at a really critical moment. And it has its own kind of forms of, of internal conflicts I mean, if we just look at it from the perspective of genocide, watch India is widely seen as one of the country's closest, you know, in the kind of highest alert kind of stages. If you look at the kind of 10 stages, according to Gregory Stendon, the Holocaust Watch website has it invariably somewhere between stages six and eight. The U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum has expressed similar concerns. So there's really a heightened problem here are concerned here with Hindu nationalism and to produce something in this form of Bollywood, which is Hindu movie making, right? This is Bollywood is the kind of produced in kind of sense of Hindu nationalism behind it in a more secular, more open and attractive way. This may be quite attractive and, and really, really important. And therefore making this movie may also speak very much to this current situation. Would you agree? Yes, definitely, because not only about the Holocaust, but then it has undertones to what is happening in India right now. So yes, and regarding criticism, I would say, and the director also of the movie, he says that only a handful of people have criticized it, but they have criticized it heavily, but they're only a handful. So if you see the overall criticism, I would say it, it got a very positive response. So in its early stages, it got a mixed response. But when you compare the overall success rate of the movie, it, it is a very positive, it has a very positive message and it has a very positive criticism. So, and also in the OTT, it was released in the um, online platform, Amazon Prime, because it skipped the theater release because of the controversy and it was released as an OTT one. And then it was the most watched movie in the OTT platform. So that also contributed to the success rate of the movie. And then people could relate. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's one could see. And I think you may have said that somewhere. So maybe I'm quoting indirectly you here again, that in the future, there may be a larger number of Indians who, when traveling to Europe, may indeed also start visiting any of those sites, whether it's now in Paris or Amsterdam or any of the other places. And therefore, the success of this film may indeed contribute to the beginning of, of a wider Holocaust education. It's probably not meant to be all of it, but maybe it is at least the kind of beginning of something. Sure. Absolutely right, Dr. Romer, because uh, some of the schools have already started their tour to Anne Frank House, all thanks to the movie. So if I teach like a group of 20 students, the movie has taught like 20 million students at a time. And since you have watched the movie, you may be aware of the scenes where every scene in every situation, they realize the movie is all about what if we were in that situation? What would we have done? And so that is a process of generating empathy. And it doesn't distance, but it brings you kind of close to the characters. And of course, what the male and the female lead do in the Bollywood movies the youth follows it. No, that's, I think, 
thinking about it more as as a movie that is enticing empathy is is probably a very productive way of thinking about it because that is indeed very visible in the movie that also the empathy for for the victims is increasing the awareness but then also the empathy for each other it's it's very related empathy yeah i think insofar as the movie spreads empathy then it undoubtedly will have had an important role to have played in the what is probably the beginning of a wide, hopefully of a wider Holocaust education and conversation in India. Because as of now, it seems also very few standard works of Holocaust scholarships have been translated. So there, there is really not a lot that is available these days in India for a wider conversation. Would that be correct? Yes. Sure. And even I work as a translator and I would be willing to translate the memoirs also because I work as a translator both in Hindi and English. So I think you have to need that push and that to create empathy among the audience because relatability is a great factor for anything to succeed. You have to have the relatability quotient. And I think the movie has done that because I also saw the movie twice. First, as how would a layman feel about the Holocaust. I sent the movie to my students for them to watch. And I and I asked them also, I mean, how do you feel when you don't have any knowledge about the Holocaust? So how do you feel that? And it, it was a very positive response from them. They have started, they asked me questions about the movie. So I hope this is just the beginning. Very good. Any last words about any uh, potential viewers now? Part of Bollywood is obviously that it spreads around the world. Bollywood has always been seen as one of the India soft powers in kind of spreading a new idea about India in a, in a more global manner. Your movies are watched around the world and then ever more so because they're on an Amazon platform. So undoubtedly, this movie will also be viewed by many Indian communities around um, the world. So any last words you want to leave with any of those potential viewers? I think the movie has garnered a large response or a viewership from the youth. And if you target the youth and they have a change of their mindset, I mean, you're in for a great future. So the youth has responded very well. And I'm I'm really glad about the response because now even some of my students, they have started their research and they want to do a, a doctoral research in Holocaust studies. And that... That was something very glad to know. So I think the youth has been targeted really well and it has garnered a lot of response from the youth, a lot of positive response, I would say. And especially it being released on OTT platforms, which every youth has access to. So that made it all the more very convenient and comfortable to watch. Very good. Thank you so much, Dr. Boza, for your expert opinion and providing us a little bit more context about a movie that seems to be really novel and breaking new grounds, but also really is something that for us to make sense of required a little bit more contextualization. And you obviously were the right person to talk to. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, Dr. Romo, for having me here. Thank you for being with us. This podcast is hosted by a team of dedicated faculty and research assistants at the Ackerman Center for Holocaust Studies. You can learn more about our work and find upcoming events at our website, www.ackerman.utdallas.edu.